Radio Influence. The future is now. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, we are back with another edition of Three Dog Thursday for the month of October, or is it October? Great to be with you. The underdog steam is picking up. We're rolling. We've got a little bit of momentum And I am ready to embark on some more predictions only for underdogs in the college and the pro game. And to help me out once again is senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com. The man who had Navy in the outright upset over Houston last week. He is Kevin Rogers back with us. We bow to you for that prediction. You went out there against everybody's darling, the Houston Cougars, and said that line is way too big and Navy may win this game, and that's exactly what happened. Welcome, my friend. We're ready to do this again. Yes, thank you. It was uh, you know, it was one of those games where, and I mentioned this in the show last week, where Houston was a one-point home underdog to Navy last year, and now they're laying 17. And, and I understand Keenan Reynolds is not there anymore, the school's all-time leading rusher and all-time leading everything. And I, I just kind of felt like this was just way overreaction to Houston, who's very good offensively. And again, I've said this to you on the show for, for several years. Because you go against a team doesn't mean you think they're not good. It just means in this situation, I don't like them. And that's what it was for Navy, where they concentrate on the run, which meant that they would keep Houston's offense off the field. The weather wasn't very good due to the effects of Hurricane Matthews, so that definitely went against Houston trying to move the ball. And for Navy, you know, they're a disciplined team, and them getting that many points was just too many to pass up. Thought that they would hang in the game, and they ended up uh, winning it. It was a nice victory. And we move on to the next game, which was horrible. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, Will Worth and Navy uh, did great. Unfortunately, Mark Helfrich's Oregon team is in disarray. You went with them. And just while we have a second, I mean, annihilated by Washington and gave up 70 points at home. Neither one of us, and I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Maybe Washington's going to win the game. But, that I mean, that game's over at halftime at Outson Stadium. Embarrassing. So go go figure Oregon, which obviously right now, I mean, Kevin, I don't know, are they playing with eight guys? Is it 11 on eight defensively? They are awful. And Washington now suddenly in the driver's seat in the Pac-12 real quick. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons, actually, I'll give you the two reasons why I really liked Oregon last week. Number one, Washington coming off that big win over Stanford at home, and now they're going to Oregon. They had a long losing streak, and I get you have different head coaches, different personnel, but they had still struggled against Oregon. And also the Ducks were coming off a pair of losses as a favor against Washington State, who we see now has bounced back after a slow start, and also losing at home to Colorado, who's played very well this year. And now you're getting some points at home. I figured there would be an overreaction on Washington for the Stanford win, but obviously that wasn't the case. Jake Browning has unbelievable numbers. I think it's 26-2 to touchdowns to interceptions for mm. Washington. And, and now they're a team that could be playing for the Pac-12 title and maybe playing into that uh, you know, playing that top four for the college football playoff, that they're a very serious contender for that. But with Oregon, they're just not a good team. It's as simple as that. And 
I mean, to think that Washington scored 70 points and that wasn't the best offensive showing of the weekend, you know, <laughs> is pretty sad uh, because of what Michigan did to Rutgers. But, you know, for Oregon, I, I thought you were getting some value there, and obviously I was way off on that. Well, and uh, again, Mark Helfrich may be teetering on being the head coach still without bad. You know what the ironic part is before we move on? When Chip Kelly was going to leave to come coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he took the job late one January night and then he untook the job in the middle of the night, Phil Knight had already made the phone call. Phil Knight's a big Chris Peterson guy. He wanted Chris Peterson to be the Oregon coach. It didn't work out. Chip Kelly stayed. Chip Kelly coaches one more year, then goes the next year to the Eagles. And by that time, Chris Peterson had taken the Washington job. And Coach Pete has them rolling in Seattle right now. Uh, as one of the favorites. Now, uh, sticking with the Pac-12 real quick, I went Arizona State and Arizona State at home in a good spot against UCLA actually knocked quarterback Josh Rosen out of the game a couple of times, including for good in the fourth quarter. They won the game outright, so Pac-12 has just been topsy-turvy uh, so far this year. Stanford looked good early in the year. Now, they're terrible, Kevin. Go figure the Pac-12 where it looks like Washington might uh, might be the dominant team. So what we do on this show is we pick underdogs, college football and in the NFL. And you and I are going to go uh, first with the college game for this week. So where do you want to uh, begin? I'll let you go first. What do you like? I'm going to start in your favorite conference, the American Athletic Conference and the Temple Owls. Temple lost to Memphis, your alma mater. There we go. Yep. Uh, last week, I'm, I'm still upset that Memphis allowed Temple to go down the field to score late because I had Memphis minus 10 last week, but that's beside the point on the site. But uh, the Memphis Tigers scored uh, an interception return for a touchdown. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and they allowed Temple over 500 yards of offense. Yes, they did. And, you know, Memphis had a couple guys beat up towards the end of that game, and also, Memphis had a long touchdown run as well in that game, so they scored on a lot of big plays. By the, by the way, the t- kickoff return was the first kickoff return for a touchdown in 20 years for Memphis, the longest streak in Division One. 20 years without a kickoff return for a touchdown. They got one in the Temple game, and those big plays were the difference in Memphis winning the game last week. They were, and for the Temple Owls now, they transition to another road game. They go to Central Florida this week, going to Orlando, who uh, Central Florida was off last week due to the postponement with Hurricane Matthew. Uh, So UCF had a little more time now to prepare for this game against Temple. But Temple still offensively, uh, they were were pretty strong, and I guess some people can argue that Temple maybe got uh, some garbage yards towards the end when they were down, and that's what helped their total. But, uh, you know, Temple's done very well recently against the number. They've covered five straight. And you look at UCF, who, you know, is still in rebuilding mode under Scott Frost, the former Oregon assistant, the former Nebraska quarterback, who, you know, came into a dumpster fire with this team that was 0-12 last year. And he's made them a little bit better. You know, they had a nice blowout win over FIU. They picked up a road win over East Carolina, who struggled a bit uh, so far in conference play. But I, I still believe now that, that, that Temple's still pretty good competition for UCF. And with UCF laying three, three and a half in this game against Temple, that uh, I got to look at the Owls here, that the Owls are still, uh, you know, they still got plenty of talent on their team. And for UCF, I don't know if they're ready to take that next step uh, necessarily now in the role of a favorite. Well, and we know a couple of things about this game. UCF's quarterback situation is still up in the air. Justin Holman didn't play very well in that East Carolina win. They've got a true freshman from Hawaii. Mackenzie Milton is his name. They may share time at quarterback. And Temple's got weapons. I mean, uh, Philip Walker, 
Uh, outstanding quarterback had 500 yards total offense in the Memphis game. They've got good running backs, Armstead and Jihad Thomas. Thomas and Philip Walker were high school teammates. I like Matt Rule, the coach, and I'm going to agree with you on Temple Plus. The, you and I are arm-in-arm arm for the first time this year on a college prediction. We are both going to go Temple Owls. I like this spot because I don't think they played that poorly at all uh, except for the big plays. The big plays are part of it, but they controlled a lot of that Memphis game, and I think they will find a way. They are scoring 37 points per game. They'll find a way to score. And I think may even win this game outright, so I'll take the three and a half with you. How about that? You and I in agreement real quick on Three Dog Thursday on the Temple Owls for Saturday night in Orlando. I mean, for so many, uh, you know, so many games on the board, it's just it's fate that you and I are on the same game. <laughs> and, and you love the American Conference like I do, too. There's some fascinating uh, teams in there with a lot of explosiveness. You went there last week for Navy uh, uh, with that win, and uh, we're both going to go with Temple in this case. All right, so for the moment, are you done with college games? You want me to fire off another college underdog that I like for this week? Yes. All right, so let's go Big 12. And, uh, boy, the Red River rivalry game last week. Are they still on the field scoring Oklahoma and Texas? Kevin, we need to check. Are they still throwing passes, still throwing bombs? 85 points in that game for Sooners over the Longhorns, 45 to 40. There was over 1,000 total yards uh, in that game. Oklahoma had over 600 of them themselves. So, look, I I know the Sooners have won uh, a couple of track meet games now with TCU and also with Texas, but Kansas State comes into Norman here, and I've got a Kevin Rogers-esque stat about this game, uh, K-State and Oklahoma. Do you happen to know Bob Stoops' record post-Texas game in his previous 17 years at Oklahoma? Do you know the record? Do you know the number? No, but I'd like you. I'd like to hear from you and see your research. Okay, the research is the week after the Texas game, no matter the opponent, Stoops is 16-1. and one. So you might be asking, why would I go against Bob Stoops in the number? Guess who the one is? Kansas State, two years ago, beat them after they had defeated Texas. K-State beat them in Norman. And a year ago, Kansas State blown out at home by Oklahoma. So this is a bit of a revenge game for what is really a junior and senior-laden K-State team. I like the spot here. I I like uh, Ernst, the quarterback. I I like K-State's got a pretty good defense, even though Texas Tech scored a lot of points on them last week. K-State held Stanford in check early in the year. They held West Virginia in check in a one-point loss at Morgantown. I think that the K-State Wildcats getting uh, 10.5 points here at Norman, a place where Bill Snyder has won. Of course, Bob Stoops used to coach for Bill Snyder. I I just like them in this spot. I don't know that they win the game, but that's a lot of points for them to keep it close. And I will take the K-State Wildcats in the Big 12. How about my number? They're 16-1, and which is incredible after the Texas game. Uh, but But the one is Kansas State two years ago, Kevin Rogers. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty impressive number, and uh, you know, for Bob Stoops, obviously they want to get Oklahoma back on track. Uh, you know, following uh, you know a couple early losses, but for K State, I'll, I'll give them this: they've definitely improved this season. They're coming off a win over Texas Tech last week, and Bill Snyder does have good numbers as an underdog, 
and we'll see if he can uh, keep that up this week against a, a pretty uh, potent Oklahoma offense. And again, Baker Mayfield, outstanding throwing at D.D. Westbrook has emerged. I mean, Westbrook destroyed uh, Texas last week at the Cotton Bowl, but I, I just think K-State is going to hang in, so I will take that as underdog number two. All right, so we're done on the college picks, but we still have a moment or two in the segment. Alabama and Tennessee. Tennessee un- incapable right now of falling behind by at least 14 points, maybe 21 points in a game. If they do that against Alabama, they'll get blown out. But Tennessee is getting a ton of points at home. You and I stayed away from this game. Vols hosting Alabama, their largest game of the year, because if Tennessee loses this game, they're no longer in the driver's seat in the SEC East. Alabama is Alabama. I went against them last week, and they made a fool out of me against uh, Arkansas in the second half. Do you have a quick thought? I know neither one of us are taking the volunteers. A quick thought, is Alabama going to clobber them in this game Saturday? You know, going back to at least last week, you know, it would have seemed with Brett Bielema, who had a pretty good, you know, uh, well, I shouldn't say record, but at least uh, he had had his Arkansas team hang with Alabama the last few years, and last week wasn't the case. When I look at Tennessee, they've lost nine straight to Alabama since Nick Saban's been there. They have covered the last two years. I can't go against Tennessee this week. This team just doesn't die. They don't. That, that every week they get down and every week they find a way to come back and win or at least force overtime like they did against Texas A&M last week, that they were just out of that game and they still came back and still came back. And I, with Tennessee, especially playing at home now, where they can maybe get Alabama, I got to take the points. I mean, not, not for you know, our show, right. but just in general. I got to take the points with Tennessee just because they haven't proven yet that they're quitting. Like they just haven't. I know it's kind of a silly cliche, but every game they've gotten down, every game they've come back. And they have one loss only, but they still came back in that game. So I just got to think Alabama, second straight road game, could be a little bit tough. And Tennessee's a better team than Arkansas. So I'm going to take the points with Tennessee. Yeah, how about that? All right. So not taking it on the show, but you kind of like the volunteers at home here. It was a wild overtime loss to AM. Joshua Dobbs, fantastic at quarterback. They had six turnovers in the game and still got into overtime. That's incredible. Uh, still got into overtime with a chance to win the game uh, against A&M. And again, the scary thing is ba- Bama turns the switch on. They've got six straight games, uh, Kevin, with a defensive touchdown. All six games this year, they have a defensive touchdown. So that may be coming. And of course, a couple of years ago, Tennessee was trying to see how they were going to measure up Butch Jones's second year, and Alabama was ahead 28 to nothing in the first quarter. So be very careful of the tide and what they can do. They call it the third Saturday in October. They've written books about about it. The Tennessee-Alabama rivalry is known as the third Saturday in October. So let's uh, let's see if the Vols uh, can do something with Alabama this week. And one more college game. Just a quick opinion on Ohio State and Wisconsin. Uh, again, not for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Ohio State, though, is the favorite. And Wisconsin has the win over LSU, the win on the road over Michigan State. They lost at Michigan. Huge Saturday night primetime game. Do the Badgers have some kind of chance against the Buckeyes, or are the Buckeyes going to keep rolling uh, with J.T. Barrett and company? I don't see why why Wisconsin can't hang with Ohio State. They've been a pretty good underdog under Paul Christ, and they've already beaten LSU this year. They beat Michigan State. They covered at Michigan in, in a loss. I mean, you look at Michigan, dropped 70 out of Rutgers. They only scored 14 on Wisconsin, and obviously Wisconsin's better than Rutgers. But, you know, you see that Wisconsin can hang in these games. And now Ohio State who does have a quality road win at Oklahoma earlier this year, that it's still a lot of points for them to uh, to lay here. You know, Saturday night in Madison, 
won't be that easy for the Buckeyes. I take the points with the Badgers. Okay, and in, in Wisconsin's case, they've got the left-handed redshirt freshman quarterback Alex Hornenbrook. What a name! Uh, who played well in the Michigan State win, but he had three interceptions against Michigan. He may be one of the keys here if he doesn't turn the ball over to give the Badgers a chance. So again, that's a Big Ten showdown. We're being we're we're being uh, very benevolent here, and we're showing our our depth of of the college knowledge because we're going all conferences here, all different conferences. We've included some Pac-12 along with some SEC, some Big 12, some American, and now some Big Ten even for this weekend, the college game. You and I agree on Temple. I will take Kansas State. That leaves you with two NFL underdogs. Kevin actually uh, likes a team that fired a coordinator this week in the NFL. I have a surprise road underdog uh, in the AFC. We'll talk about those. Kevin, stand by as we continue. It is Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. Is debt beating you down? You need discipline. You need the Debt Ninja. If you've been caught in a financial trap and need to be set free, then you need the Debt Ninja. Want to stop those harassing collection calls? Start saving thousands in interest and fees and get out of debt fast? Then you need to call the Debt Ninja. The Debt Ninja will find the best companies across the country that will help you consolidate all your bills into one easy payment, reduce your payments by 30 to 50%, and get you out of debt fast. If you have unsecured debt of $10,000 or more, such as credit cards, loans, or medical bills, call the Debt Ninja for a free 15-minute consultation. Call 800-839-5518. 800-839-5518. That's 800-839-5518. Call today. The Debt Ninja. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. We do roll on on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Great to have you with us. We're about to talk some games in the pros. By the way, you can also not only hear this show with our friends at RadioInfluence.com, but you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or on Stitcher. We also want you to rate the show. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anybody about Three Dog Thursday. Woof, woof, woof. Uh, It's the only show dedicated to college and pro underdogs exclusively. I am the host. T.J. Reeves, somewhat lucid here. I got two of the three underdogs correct last week. Kevin Rogers had the Navy midshipman last week. We have already in this show both taken the Temple Owls in college football. I like Kansas State uh, as well in the matchup with Oklahoma. By the way, you had one more footnote before we move on to the NFL about the Oregon Ducks and how bad that defense is right now for Mark Helfrich's team, and that note would be? That Brady Hoke works for Oregon, and that's the end of it. (laughs) Beginning and end with how bad the former Michigan coach and his defense have been as of late. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's trouble for Oregon. All right, so let's transition to the pros. And, and you're going to begin with a team that also uh, had had some turmoil with a coordinator. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are on your radar, and the Ravens firing Mark Tressman as the uh, as the offensive coach. Of course, Tressman, the former Bears coach, former offensive coordinator with several teams in the NFL, including the Raiders and the 49ers, former CFL head coach. So Tressman is out, and you like the Ravens to start us off in pro football, taking on the New York Giants. 
Yeah, the Ravens started off the season at 3-0, and and they're coming off consecutive home losses to the Raiders and the Redskins the last two weeks. Uh, games they had opportunities to win. Oakland scored late to beat Baltimore two weeks ago, and the Ravens had a chance to beat the Redskins last week on a late touchdown, but that, uh, that was taken away. The catch was out of bounds, and uh, now Baltimore's trying to get back on track. They're going to be an underdog for the first time this season coming up against the New York Giants on Sunday, and uh, the Giants, a team that, granted, they played Green Bay and Minnesota the last two weeks in the road, which is not easy, but at the same time, though, you know, this Giants team still, I don't want to say they lucked out against Dallas, but they won that game at the end by one on that, you know, Terrence Williams, he didn't get out of bounds, could right, have, right. you know, could have given Dan Bailey an opportunity at a really long field goal, but at least maybe run another playoff, and then the Giants kicked the field goal to beat the Saints, uh, the following week in week two, the Giants just really haven't been that impressive to me uh, this season. And when you look at the Ravens, they're still very good defensively. They've had pretty much one bad game defensively was against uh, Oakland two weeks ago, and we know how good Oakland's offense is so far this season. I just look at Baltimore as uh, a team with some value this week. Maybe Mark Tressman getting fired can shake things up a bit. Steve Smith won't play for the Ravens. But they still have other weapons. Mike Wallace has hooked up with Joe Flacco a couple times on some long touchdowns this year. So I think that they'll be okay in uh, that sense. And really, uh, the pressure is on the Giants here. That the NFC is so loaded that the Ravens, that if they can, you know, get on track, they'd be four and two. If they lose a three and three, it's still the AFC, where you know we've seen some teams like the Bengals struggle uh, a little bit. The Jets are out of it. Some of these teams that were thought to be in that wild card chase. We already know who the, the top teams are, but as far as the wild card, a little more open in the AFC than the NFC. And the pressure's on the Giants here. I'll take the Ravens and the points. Well, of course, you know this, too, that about three years ago, Jim Harbaugh, late in the year, made an offensive coordinator change, got rid of Cam Cameron, elevated Jim Caldwell, and the rest is history because the Ravens went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the offense kicked into gear. Ray Lewis uh, inspirationally led the team, came back from injury. They made the, the big plays they had to. Of course, the bomb from Flacco uh, in the playoff win over Denver in the final minute. Uh, help them, or the final couple of minutes, help them go ahead and uh, and get into the Super Bowl. They upset the New England Patriots, get into the Super Bowl, and win the thing over the 49ers. So that's the last time they made a coaching change at a coordinator spot uh, in the middle of the season. So Harbaugh can coach, that's for sure. Uh, and the Ravens have played a lot of wild, close games. The, what's Hey, just uh, give me a 60-second take. What's going on with the Giants? You mentioned that opening win over the Cowboys, but right now they're in a bit of, of uh, disarray. Lost to the Redskins at home. Uh, lost on Sunday Night Football this past week to Green Bay. Odell Beckham being known more for the antics right now than making catches, much less touchdowns. It's driving fantasy football owners crazy. Are the, Gi- are the Giants on the verge of unraveling completely under first-year coach Ben McAdoo here? I mean, you obviously think Baltimore's going to get them this week. What's going on with the Giants real quick? Well, the Giants didn't have a great preseason. I think Eli's on the decline. Not like that's a brilliant analysis. But uh, they have no running game. Odell Beckham has been invisible. It's, you see how easy it is to rattle him. And uh, the, you know, defensively, JPP's missing fingers. I mean, this is a team that just really, you know, they're, they're an average team. That's just what they are. And playing in New York, I don't know if that magnifies it or if they were just another team, they would just be an average team, you know, in this league. But being in New York, maybe, you know, they get more focus on them. I just think that this team – right now just really isn't that great. And 
you know, for them to be laying points against a Baltimore team that maybe Baltimore isn't that great either. But at the same time, the Ravens have found ways to win. And, you know, even when you look at the Giants, they beat the Cowboys. And the Cowboys since then, they've won four straight. So is that a great win by the Giants? Or was it Dallas had a rookie quarterback playing his first game and now he's figuring things out and they're figuring out the running game? And maybe that could have worked back in week one. They still lost the game by one point to the Giants. So I'm just not a big fan of them. And I think that Baltimore has got a very good chance to beat them this week. All right, so there is Kevin's second underdog, which will be the Baltimore Ravens. I will go for my third and final underdog in the NFL all the way out to the AFC West and the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, last week I had the Dallas Cowboys, and part of uh, part of my mindset has been always on Three Dog Thursday, including this year, find games where you believe an underdog is going to outright win. And in some cases, like in Dallas last week, I could not figure out how are they an underdog to Cincinnati, even though it was only a point. How are they an underdog at home? In this case, for Kansas City, which has seemingly owned this series with the Raiders, Kevin, I can't. I know Oakland has won some close games. They rallied and won a close game at home with San Diego. Speaking of the Ravens, they beat the Ravens in the final minute. Of course, the week one win was the dramatic comeback at New Orleans, including the two-point conversion in the final couple of minutes of that game. Oakland apparently plays nothing but close games here in these matchups, but... The Chiefs have had a ton of success uh, with the Raiders recently, in the 2000s especially. This game, even though it's at Oakland, I like Kansas City. Uh, Alex Smith obviously spent a lot of time in the other uh, part of the Bay Area with the 49ers. I like Kansas City in this game with the Oakland Raiders getting the point on the Vegas Insider line for Three Dog Thursday. Want to talk me out of the Chiefs there? Are you believing more in Del Rio and the Raiders? No, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Andy Reid's been excellent off a bye in his career for uh, the Eagles and the Chiefs. And uh, under Del Rio, the the Raiders haven't been a great favorite. They didn't cover last week in their win against San Diego. So it's hard to uh, go back to the well with Oakland, you know, in the favorite role. I think Oakland, you know, is great as an underdog. That's a team that you back getting points. But until they can prove they can cover numbers in the favorite role, it's hard to back them. So I'd I'd have to agree with you and take the Chiefs. And I know the Chiefs got destroyed by the Steelers on Sunday Night Football the last time we saw them, but that was more about Pittsburgh uh, being locked in, especially offensively, I believe. So I will take Kansas City against Oakland in this game to get the AFC West win. That leaves us with one underdog, just about three or four minutes left in the show here. Kevin, the floor is yours. Where else are you going in the NFL, sir? I'm going to go with Sunday Night Football. The Indianapolis Colts are at Houston to take on the Texans, and the Texans burned me big time last week, uh, losing at Minnesota, and I felt like watching that game in the red zone. Every time they flipped to the Vikings game, the Vikings had the ball. That Houston never had the ball. Houston is 3-0 at home this year. They're 0-2 on the road, and they've been totally embarrassed in both their road losses. Now, granted, those were against New England and Minnesota. Now you face Indianapolis, and the one thing I can say about the Colts is even if they've had injuries or maybe not the great talent around Andrew Luck, this team really doesn't get blown out. And at least this season, you know, they did lose by double digits to Denver in week two, but that was with two defensive touchdowns late to put that game out of hand. That was a tie game in the second half. And they came back to beat Chicago, and I get they have a backup, and they came back to beat San Diego. It was not great defensively. But the Colts are going to hang in these games. That's the one thing I could say about them. And for Houston, 
they beat Tennessee at home. They beat Chicago at home. They had a good defensive effort against the Chiefs at home. But besides that, this offense has not been that impressive when you look at the Texans. Brock, can I interrupt? Brock Osweiler has not looked good, especially in the road game. He was awful last week against Minnesota. Even for fantasy football garbage, which I was interested in in the second half while they're getting blown out, he couldn't even get chump yardage and, and, and an easy touchdown or two in the second half when they're down by 24 points. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, There's and there's just really no reason to back them right now. And the Colts, even though they came off that loss in uh, London to Jacksonville, they really need this win to go 1-1 one and one in the division. They can't afford to go 0-2 oh because this division is obviously still up in the air. And Tennessee came off a nice win at the Dolphins last week. So it, it is a competitive division. Remember, competitive doesn't mean good. It just means it's competitive. So the Colts really need this one. Uh, this week, the Texans just haven't impressed me. They, they haven't. And with J.J. Watt out, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins can't get the ball. If Brock Osweiler can't throw it to him. So you're missing, in a sense, some weapons because of Osweiler, Watt's hurt. I'm just going to go with the Colts here, you yeah. know, getting the points on Sunday Night Football. All right, Sunday Night Football, the Colts for you, plus the three against the Houston Texans. And again, we'll recap all the underdogs in a second. But Kevin Rogers of VegasInsider.com, tell us more about all the great information as we're in the full swing with the football and other things starting up real quick. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, hockey underway now in the NHL. You have NBA starting in a few weeks. Uh, the World Series is coming up in a few weeks as well. But uh, just so many great things going on with the NFL and college football and all of our coverage at VegasInsider.com. I have a column every week. I write pick six, even though it struggled recently. But nonetheless, uh, I analyze six games every Sunday and give out predictions. Also, we have our total talk piece, which focuses just on totals, our tech trends for both college and the NFL. We have comprehensive previews for, well, this week we don't have a Thursday game, but, uh, you know, the Friday and Saturday cards, uh, SEC especially on Saturday, Alabama-Tennessee. You can catch up on that matchup as well. You can catch it all at VegasInsider.com or on Twitter at TwitBI. And again, uh, we will go over the underdogs here in just a second. Uh, you can find all that great information out at VegasInsider.com. Also follow Kevin at VI Rogers. You can also follow this show at Three Dog Thursday uh, for the underdogs. Kevin and I agree with the Temple Owls against UCF on Saturday night in Orlando. We're both taking Temple in the three and a half points. I will also take another college underdog, K-State. An early start, an 11 a.m. local time start in Norman. Again, Stoops sixteen and one off the Texas game. No matter what happens in the Texas game, he's gone sixteen and one since. The one loss is two years ago to K State. I think K State may give him fits. I'll take the ten and a half points in the NFL. Kevin likes the Ravens and the Colts both as road teams getting three points. I'll take Kansas City to win the game as a road underdog, one point road underdog to win at Oakland. So there we go on three dog Thursday. Kevin, good luck with the underdogs. Uh, here we go with another weekend of football, sir. Yep, it should be good, and uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully we can pick up some more wins. Let's see if we can for this week. That'll do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Again, follow Kevin at uh, VI Rogers. Follow this show on Twitter at Three Dog Thursday. Rate the show on iTunes or Stitcher. Pass the word about us if you're subscribing via the podcast mode or hearing us on RadioInfluence.com. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the football and all the underdogs from Three Dog Thursday. Bye. 
Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy, and former Bellator matchmaker Sam Kaplan. Want a good laugh? Then go on the beach with Pants and Roller Girl, or just LOL with Nancy Alexander. And when it comes to real life, Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger and Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill will make you think. When it comes to what you want, Radio Influence has you covered. Find our programming on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.